Greetings and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and it is my pleasure and honor to study Divrei Hayamim, Chronicles, with you here through this wonderful medium where we wed uh, the most ancient and sacred of books with the most modern uh, and developed technology. Divrei Hayamim is a very large book in Tanakh, in the Bible. Uh, in many Tanakhim, it occupies uh, the last position, uh, following the Aleppo Codex and the order that we are following here at Tanakh Study. It is the beginning of Ketuvim, um, and uh, it essentially is focused on a later presentation of the Davidic dynasty. And as a result, it is focused on getting us very quickly to David, and from David, the other rulers of of his throne, which means through the end of the Davidic dynasty, which takes us to the year 586 BCE, with the destruction of Judea. As such, uh, the Chronicles begins with Adam, with the first man, but very quickly gets us to the Jewish people and to the tribe of Judah and to David and his family. Uh, it will almost completely ignore the northern kingdom and will very quickly deal with uh, and dispense with Shaul, the king from uh, Shevet Binyamin, or the leader from Shevet Binyamin, who uh, preceded David. Uh, the uh, Divrei Amim, according to our tradition, was composed during the Second Temple period, during the Persian period, um, and was composed in, lar- in, in large part by Ezra HaKohen, that puts us around the middle of the 5th century BCE, and as such presents uh, all sorts of uh, alternative and additional insights into the books of Shmuel and Malachim, uh, which are the period pieces which describe the Davidic dynasty. So we will study Divrayim together. Where appropriate, uh, and it'll be quite often, we will compare it to the texts in Shmuel and Malachim that are parallel and see what is omitted and what is added and what new fresh angle we get and perspective we get into, uh, the, uh, into the history and uh, development of the Davidic dynasty. Uh, chapter 1 uh, does not get to David. Chapter 1 essentially gets us to Yaakov. In other words, it takes us from Adam very quickly to Avraham, and then tells us about Avraham's other son, Yishmael, and his children. It mentions Yitzchak, and then mentions Yitzchak's other son, Esav, and gives us the presentation of Esav's children, just as is done at certain points in the book of Breshit, and in each section I'll mention where the parallel is in Breshit. It would be very worthwhile, uh, if possible, to hold the book of Breshit open and compare it to what we have in Divrei Hayamim. So we begin as follows, Adam Sheit Enosh, Kenan Mahalalel Yared, Chanoch Metushalach Lamach, and these are, as per the fifth chapter of Breshit, the first nine generations of mankind. And then Noah, who's the tenth generation, Shem Chamvayafet, of course, Noah's three sons. There's no mention here of the flood, no mention, of course, of creation. And we go immediately to the nations that emanated from those three sons. And we start with Yefet. B'nei Yefet, Gomer, Umagog, Umadav, Yavan, Vitaval, Umeshech, Vitiras. When I go Ashkenaz v'difat in Breshit, it reads v'rifat v'togarma uvnei avar elisha v'tarshisha 
Kitim v'rodanim, in Breshit it's dodanim, so we have a Dalad Resh flip in both directions uh, in these two psukim, in the children of Yefet. B'nei Cham, who are Cham's children, Kush u'mitzayim put u'chanan, v'nei chusva v'chavila v'savta v'rama v'savtecha, v'nei rama shva u'dedan. Parenthetically, the, not only are the names the same, but the order of the presentation of the names is the same. And there's no more told about this Nimrod king, who isn't even called a king here, but in the genealogy in the 10th chapter of Bereshit, uh, of the children of Cush, there's a little bit more of a development of Nimrod as being a king, the first king mentioned in history. And here we have the children of Mitzrayim, who include famously the Philistines. Included among this list are some of the seven nations. Uh, that lived in Canaan at the time of our conquest, we were commanded to eradicate or to exile. B'nai Shem, and that is the family, of course, that's going to lead to Avraham, uh, so that's the family that most concerns us as far as genealogy goes. B'nai Shem, Elam v'Ashur v'Apachshad, v'Lud v'Aram v'Utz v'Chul v'Getar v'Meshech, in Breshit it's v'Mash, v'Apachshad y'alad et Shelach, v'Shelach y'alad et Ever, Ever had two sons, Shem Ha'echad Peleg. Why did he call one son Peleg, which means to split? Because in his day the land was split, and that's a reference perhaps to the famous tower at Babel. And his younger brother is Yoktan. And this list of Yoktan's sons also appears in Genesis 10. And now we go again, as we had at the very beginning of the book, to the critical lineage. Uh, the critical lineage we had before was, Avra, was Adam to Noach, and now we have a second lineage, Shem, and we ignore Yefet and Ham. Arpachshad Shalach, Ever Peleg Reu, Srug Nachor Terach, and there we have nine generations, and who's the tenth generation? Avram. And here the book tells us Avram who Avraham. An important statement because it teaches us that when there is a character with two names in Tanakh, the Tanakh will explicitly tell us that one is, that they are one and the same, uh, so that, uh, that we know to identify them. And now we go to Avraham, and that is, brings us, of course, to a much tighter form, point of the genealogy, uh, closer to home. B'nai Avraham, Yitzchak, Yishmael. And as I mentioned, we ignore Yitzchak right now and go to Yishmael to give a full treatment and, if you will, to dispense with him so we can focus on Yitzchak's children. Ela told Otam, who are the children? Yishmael, full list of B'nai Yishmael, just as we have in Breshit Chafhei. Now, in Breshit Chafhei, after Yitzchak is married, we're told that Avraham took a wife named Keturah. Famously, the Midrash says this Keturah is Hagar. 
Uh, but the simple read of it is the Ketura is a different woman. Of course, as I just mentioned, when the text wants to tell us the two different names are the same person, it will make that connection like Avraham u Avraham. Um, and, uh, and here, Avraham marries Ketura, and in the simple read in Bereshit, Avraham has more children with Ketura. However, if you read here very carefully, Yalda, she had children. Her children and their children. These are And this is why the Sforno, the 15th century commentator from Italy, Rabbi Ovadia Sforno, comments in Bereshit that Abraham adopted these children. Uh, and, uh, and we see that from the Pasuk because here it is her children who she gave birth to and Avraham is simply the stepfather as it were. And that is where this forno gets that information from. And now we come again closer to home. We've dealt with Ishmael and Avraham's other children or stepchildren. And now we come back home. Vayor Avraham et Yitzchak and Bnei Yitzchak Esav Yisrael. Notice we go straight to Yisrael and not Yaakov. Uh, and now, again, as we did in the previous generation, we are going to take a look at the rejected son and all of his children. This is a list that we're familiar with from the 36th chapter in Bereshit. Now we are conflating the list of Esav's children with Bnei Seir, who lived in the area that Esav conquered and moved to in southwest Jordan, uh, but they lived there before him. Here's the second Timna mentioned. In Bereshit it's Alavan, Umanachat Veval Shefi Veonam, as opposed to Shvo Veonam in Bereshit, Uvnet Sivon Veaya Veana. And uh, in Bereshit there's a story about Anna who found some wild donkeys in the desert. That's ignored here. But again, because the interest here is simply to follow the families and uh, the, the full tribes. Uh, that are rejected, mention them, and then focus in on the tribe that is selected, which ultimately is Israel, and ultimately is the tribe of Judah, and ultimately is the family of David. And now this last, uh, this next passage, is a passage that appears at the end of Parshat Vayishlach, with slight variations, and uh, is a, uh, a passage sub- subject to some interesting discussion about both its uh, location and uh, its relevance at the end of Parshat Vayishlach among the uh, kings and the tribal chieftains of Esav's lineage, and also the issue of the timing and the prophetic nature of this text. Uh, those who are interested are directed to look at the Ibn Ezra's comments here, um, uh, along with those of Rabbi Yehuda Hasid at the beginning of his commentary uh, to Sefer Dvarim, where he makes reference to this, two very different approaches to understanding this text. Here's a list of the kings who ruled in Edom, the area that Esav is going to conquer, before B'nai Israel had their own king. 
Bela ben Beor Vashem Yerodin Hava, Yamar Bala, Vayamotav Yavad ben Zerach Mibotzra, this is now a dynasty, although it's not a dynasty because it's different dynasties taking over, but it is the, the lineage, as it were, of the, the monarchic line. And in Breshit it's Hadar, Vashem Iro Pai, in Breshit it's Pau, Shem Shtom Mehetavel, Bat Matred, Bat Mezahav. Right? Vayamot Hadad, and that's the end of that story. And we come back to to Esav, Ayu Alufei Adom, which is Esav, Aluf Timna, Aluf Alva, Aluf Yutet, by the time of Divrei Amim. In Bayacheni times, we are already comfortably referring to Esav as Edom, uh, as uh, becomes clear in the prophecy of Ovadia, which is before this time, where Esav is identified with Edom. Aluf Olivama, Aluf Eila, Aluf Pinon, these are names that we already heard before, and now we hear of them as tribal units of Esav's family. Aluf Knaz, Aluf Teman, Aluf Pivtsar, Aluf Magdiel, Aluf Iram, Eila, Aluf Edom. And that brings us to the end of the first chapter of Divaramim. In the next chapter, we're going to hone in on our people and see uh, B'nai Yisrael and the tribes, and are going to focus first, of course, on Shevet Yehuda, which is the main interest and focus of Divrei Hayamim. It is a pleasure and honor to be studying together with you here. I look forward to picking it up in the next podcast as we tackle Divrei Hayamim Aleph Perek Bet. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.